continues. Armenia and France sign a military cooperation agreement. A regional 3 plus 3 format meeting takes place in Iran, but turns into a 3 plus 2 format. And Canada becomes the last G7 country to open an embassy in Yerevan, the first in the South Caucasus. Well, Maria, that's the first time Lebanon has been uh, ahead, of Canada. ahead of Canada in Armenia, at least, in opening an embassy. Well... On October 23, Armenia's defense minister, Suren Papikian, and his French counterpart, Sébastien Lecornu, signed a military cooperation agreement whereby France will provide Armenia with three GM-200 radar systems and Mistral shot-range missiles. Additionally, France will assist Armenia with reforms in its armed forces. Papikian and Lecornu also signed a letter of intent to greenlight the future sales of French Mistral short-range surface-to-air missiles to Armenia, Babikian expressed his appreciation that France is standing by Armenia, similar to all difficult moments in the history of the Armenian people, and especially in light of the current complex military and political situation in Armenia. Both Paris and Yerevan emphasized several times that these weapons are of defensive nature only. According to the French defense minister, the weapons will allow Armenia to defend its sovereignty and territorial integrity. And it's fascinating that there's like so much justification for this transaction. After the meetings on October 25, Le Cornu tweeted, France stands alongside Armenia and the Armenians are constant and resolute support does not waver. And while in Paris, Bobby Kian also met French senators where Armenian French bilateral defense cooperation and regional security matters were discussed. On October 25, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal where he addressed several key points. He spoke about the complexity of the Nagorno-Karabakh situation but made also a point of separating it from the uh, potential threat of aggression by Azerbaijan against Armenia. Pashinyan expressed hope that recent uh, agreements would pave the way for a peace treaty based on principles of recognition of territorial integrity, delimitation of borders and the opening of uh, communications in the region. He also discussed Armenia's efforts to diversify its security relations, expressing disappointment with some allies during the conflict. In response to questions about Russia's military presence in Armenia, Pashinyan expressed his disappointment without explicitly labeling it as an asset or a liability. He indicated that discussions about withdrawing Russian military bases were not currently on the agenda, as the focus was on understanding the underlying causes of the situation. Pashinyan also addressed senior Russian officials' um, oftentimes very insulting comments about him, stating that while he hadn't directly responded to them, such language and actions raised questions and violate diplomatic norms, emphasizing the need to find answers and maintain a respectful working relationship. Well, these were the questions he were asked. He was asked directly right. if the Russian, there's a willingness in Armenia to get rid of the Russian mm-hmm. pe- uh Contingent bases in army. He said no. He was specifically asked to respond to Medvedev's comments. Uh, right, which uh, have been very strange. Which they? have been very strange, yes. For lack of a better word. Well, of course, Russia, uh, Kremlin, has been very fast to respond, as they have been in the last months mm-hmm. with everything that's been going on in Armenia. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that Russia does not tend to think of the Wall Street Journal as an original source, so it remains to be seen exactly what he, uh, Pashinyan was talking about. 
out, he stated that they are in contact with Pashinyan and whether Armenian friends. Moscow hopes that they will get all the information on this issue. Putin's spokesperson added that it is not appropriate for Russia and Armenia to communicate through newspapers, especially through the Wall Street Journal. However, we see that it's later in this uh, podcast today, we'll talk about how we're, uh, Russia and Armenia are actually communicating through media. Uh, and other and, media. And other media. Well, Russia continues to make efforts to help Armenia and Azerbaijan sign a peace treaty, Peskov said, adding that it is necessary to stabilize the situation in the region. And according to Maria Zakharova, Russia's foreign ministry spokesperson, Pashinyan's Wall Street Journal interview is, quote, an attempt to downplay the importance of Armenia's connection with Russia. Well, I think to be more specific uh, here, uh, Pashinyan kind of emphasized the point that Armenia and Russia need to visit, revisit and uh, do another overview of their relationships and discuss the details mm-hmm. here. He wasn't specific about anything. So this is this is uh, where the, the basis. back and forth is yeah. going. Yeah. On October 25, Tovio Klar, the EU special representative to the South Caucasus, announced that the Michel Aliyev Pashinyan meeting scheduled to take place at the end of this month will not happen due to limitations regarding time. He stated that it is a matter of a little bit of delay, nothing more. Klar added that the EU's goal is um, the return of the Karabakh Armenians to Artsakh and expressed his belief that despite the slow progress, a peace treaty will be signed. Later, in response to a question by Azad Utyun, Armenia's foreign affairs minister, Arat Mirzoyan, reaffirmed Armenia's readiness for the meeting and stated that it was clearly the Azerbaijani president who apparently didn't have time for it. Mirzoyan was hopeful uh, that a new date would be agreed upon. Prime Minister Pashinyan also weighed in and said that it is his assumption that the Azerbaijani president did not confirm his participation, adding that they will receive clarifications on the matter to understand future steps. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller announced yesterday during a press briefing that the United States will continue to push for a peace process between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Regarding the cancellation of the meeting in Brussels between the leaders of the sides, Miller responded, we continue to believe that it is in the interest of both sides, in the interest of the region and in the interest of the wider world that the two sides reach a peace agreement and we will continue to push for it. It's it's amazing to me, Rubina. I mean, all of us want peace in the region. No, that's not the question. That they still believe very naively that under these conditions, that by the end of the year, which is like two months away, Armenia and Azerbaijan will come to some agreement and, and sign a peace treaty. I'm sorry for this parallel, but almost sometimes when we keep repeating, especially us when we read it out loud every week, <laughs> wanting peace almost sounds like beauty pageant uh, <laughs> participants wanting world peace. World peace uh, it almost sounds like on that level as uh, some of these uh, announcements. I'm sorry. Well, on October 23, the 3 plus 3 meeting was held in Iran with the foreign ministers of Armenia, Azerbaijan, Iran, Turkey, and Russia. Georgian foreign minister Ilya Darciashvili was also invited to the meeting but refused to cooperate and the, the Georgians have always said that they will not you know cooperate in, in this format as long as Russia is present. Well, maybe we keep calling it 3 plus 2 that's at what this I point. Said at the top, that's what yeah. you said. Well, during his visit, Armenian Foreign Minister Mirzoyan was received by the President of Iran, Ibrahim Raisi, the sides discussed regional and international security issues. Mirzoyan shared that Armenia is interested in the unblocking and further development of all infrastructure in the region based on the principles of respect for the sovereignty and jurisdiction of states, reciprocity, and equality. Armenia is ready to become part of the regional infrastructure projects, Mirzoyan 
said, adding that Armenia is interested in having a railway connection through the territory of Azerbaijan with Iran, Russia, and Central Asia, ensuring access to the railway passing through the, its territory for other regional countries as well as for the other international crossings based on the principles of reciprocity. Mirsan also met with Turkish Foreign Minister Hakan Fidan, who said that the path of regional stability goes through the comprehensive peace agreement to be signed between Armenia and Azerbaijan. He emphasized that the opening of regional communications will speed up the settlement process and the establishment of peace. Ani Badalian, the spokesperson of the Foreign Affairs Ministry, said that there was an informal meeting between uh, also Mirzoyan and Bayramov, who is the Foreign Affairs Minister of Azerbaijan. And State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller, during a briefing uh, referring to the 3 plus 3 meeting, said regarding the Armenia-Azerbaijan issue, the U.S. welcomes any good faith commitment that contributes to the peace and stability of the people of the South Caucasus, regardless of where these negotiations take place or who hosts them. The next meeting of this so-called 3 plus 3 regional platform will be held in Turkey. The initiative uh, in the 3 plus 3 format was presented by the presidents of Turkey and Azerbaijan back in 2020 after the end of the 44-day war. At that time, uh, Georgia announced, as I said at the top, that it refuses to participate in this format. On December 10, 2021, the first meeting of the consultative regional platform at the level of deputy foreign ministers of the five countries took place in Moscow. Melanie Jolie, uh, Canada's uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, was on an official visit to Armenia this week where she participated in the opening of the Canadian Embassy in Yerevan. During the ceremony, Foreign Minister of Armenia, Rat Mirzoyan, said that this is a truly historical event and truly historic day and evidence of deepening of the relations between uh, Armenia and Canada. Jolie also had a separate meeting with Mirzoyan, which was followed by an enlarged meeting with the participation of both delegations and a joint press conference. During that press conference, the sides highlighted the importance of the deepening of bilateral relations between the two countries. Mirzoyan thanked the Canadian government for its support and assistance to the forcibly displaced people of Artsakh and welcomed Canada's initiative to join the EU mission in Armenia. Jolie called for respect for the territorial integrity of Armenia and called on the Azerbaijani government to respect the Artsakh Armenians' right to return to Nagorno-Karabakh as well as to ensure international access to the area in order to guarantee the safe return of the population. The Canadian official also stated that the possibility of sanctioning Azerbaijan is on the table and that Canada is closely following the developments in the region. Jolie also met with Prime Minister Pashinyan, where she stated that Canada is determined to support Armenia and in doing so through its involvement with the EU mission in the country during the meeting. The foreign minister also announced that she would be visiting uh, Armenia's southern uh, regions to get acquainted with the situation of the forcibly displaced people on the ground. While there, Jolie also met the EU monitoring the EUMA mission near the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And on the sidelines of her visit, uh, she also visited the Armenian Genocide Memorial and paid tribute to the memory of the victims of the Armenian Genocide. Baku reacted to Jolie's statements made in Yerevan and accused her of being biased in regards to the situation in the South Caucasus. It also called on the Canadian foreign minister to refrain from using a language of threats against Azerbaijan. Baku went on to accuse the Armenian side of hindering the peace process. On October 24, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan received U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of State Joshua Huck. 
Pashinyan expressed his appreciation for uh, American efforts in the process of normalizing Armenia-Azerbaijan relations. On October 26-27, Pashinyan was in Georgia taking part in the Tbilisi Silk Road International Forum. While there, he met with Georgian Prime Minister Irakli Garibashvili. The two leaders discussed bilateral issues. The process is taking place in the region and emphasized the implementation of consistent steps towards peace and stability. During his visit, Pashinyan also had an informal meeting with the Azerbaijani Prime Minister Ali Asadov. Uh, with the mediation of Garibashvili, there were no details um, released about that meeting. And uh, during his speech at the forum, Pashinyan expressed hope that in the months to follow, Armenia and Azerbaijan will sign a peace treaty based on the principles of respecting each other's territorial integrity and sovereignty and will normalize their relations. Well, the Azerbaijani prime minister stated that Baku wants to open regional communication. However, it does not depend on his country alone, adding that if the other side, and this is Armenia, agrees, Azerbaijan is ready for it. And Georgian Prime Minister Garibashvili stated that Georgia knows the price of war and also realizes how valuable peace is. He added that through the Peaceful Neighborhood Initiative of his government, they are ready to work with their neighbors and friendly countries, Armenia and Azerbaijan, to finally establish a stable peace in the region. Well, Armenia's Deputy Minister of Territorial Administration and Infrastructure, Hagop Vartanian, within the framework of the forum, announced that Armenia is ready to buy gas from Azerbaijan after the settlement of political differences between the two countries. Vartanian also said that Armenia is in the center of the region, therefore the opening of borders with the eastern and western neighbors can create great opportunities. According to Vartanian, Armenia can play a role in electricity supplies from Azerbaijan to Turkey and vice versa as well as export electricity to both countries. Vartanian emphasized that Armenia is the shortest route not only between Azerbaijan and Turkey, but also between Georgia and Iran. Well, just on the uh, just a side note, mm-hmm. which we don't know what to make of it. By the way, Azerbaijan has announced that it has lost interest in the Zangezur corridor, just like in passing, just like that. Well, uh, today Armenia's government has made a decision to give the citizens displaced from Nagorno-Karabakh temporary protection status. Yesterday, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced the decision in Parliament, noting that the purpose of this step is to record the fact that the citizens of Nagorno-Karabakh are refugees so that the opportunities to protect their rights both locally and internationally are expanded. But they also have the right to apply for Armenian citizenship, which is something that we're trying to understand because they do as far as we understood, they had passports. And Armenian passports, right. but not full rights. That's right. So now they are being invited to apply for Armenian citizenship. But if they do, then their status is as a refugee, refugee and therefore all the help or assistance that would come would would not be there anymore. Right. So they made mm-hmm. clear that these op- this option is available for those who choose to take it. Mm-hmm. On October 26th, the Congress of Local and Territorial Authorities of the Council of Europe held an urgent discussion on the Nagorno-Karabakh issue and adopted a declaration strongly condemning the military operation of Azerbaijan, expressed regret for the humanitarian consequences and called on Baku to release captured 
delivered people from Artsakh. And uh, this week, Argentina delivered 11 tons of humanitarian cargo to Armenia, uh, supplied by the Argentinian Armenian community for the displaced Armenians and, from Artsakh. And about the displaced on October 23, Armenia's government launched an additional financial assistance package for the forcibly displaced Armenians. Pashinyan announced that displaced persons will receive an additional 50,000 Armenian dirhams, is about $125. Uh, each in November and December, in addition to the previously announced housing and utility support payments. On October 20, the International Committee of the Red Cross visited the former Nagorno-Karabakh presidents, Argati Rogasian Bakosahakian Aray Karutunian, former State Minister Ruben Vartanian, former Foreign Minister David Babayan, as well as former Defense Army Commander and Deputy Commander Levon Menatsakanian and David Manukian held in Azerbaijani prisons. The officials were given the opportunity to contact their relatives and of course in such cases no other details were available. And the armed forces of Turkey and Azerbaijan took part in military exercises this week in Baku, in Nakhichevan and on territories seized from Nagorno-Karabakh. It included 3,000 military personnel and 130 pieces of military equipment. High-ranking military leaders from Turkey, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and Uzbekistan were there to observe the exercises. The military drill was dedicated to the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Republic of Turkey and was named Mustafa Kemal Atatürk 2023. And uh, back to, I think, Armenia-Russia relationships or, or Armenia-Russia communications, Maria, which have been kind of strange recently. Mm-hmm. On October 22, the director of the consular department of the Russian foreign ministry, Alexei Klimov, uh, told Ria Novosti that Armenia's agreement to establish a Russian consulate general in Rapan remains valid, despite the current situation in regards to Armenia-Russia relations. Klimov did not mention the specific dates of the start of the work of the consulate. He said that they will be informed in the future. I don't even have the words to describe it, but let's let's try to get through it. So Armenian citizens who work in Russia can no longer use their Armenian driver's licenses. On October 24, the state Duma postponed indefinitely the right of Armenians using their national driver's licenses um, for un- this is their wording, right? So it, it sounds kind of odd, but let me just try and get through it for entrepreneurial or work activities on the territory of Russia. So we try to decipher what this meant. So if you work there or you have a business there. If you're visiting for Armenia for a business trip and driving there, or if you live there and work there and you're driving to, your, uh, to work every day. So we, we're not clear on mm-hmm. that. We try to clarify this. We were not. Right. Well, uh, Duma speaker um, Volodin said that the reason for this decision was or is Armenia's failure to grant official status to the Russian language in Armenia. So I don't know what this has to do with granting or rescinding the rights that Armenians used to have to use their national driver's licenses on the territory of Russia. Well, uh, Volodin said that this bill uh, grants certain additional privileges to Armenia, but the Armenian government hasn't done anything about the status of the Russian language. Based on this, it was decided not to allow the use of Armenian driver's license on the territory of Russia. But uh, Maria, this is... Two things that cannot be compared, and the expectation <laughs> is strange. And just as a reminder, in March of 2021, the par- uh, Parliament of the Republic of Artsakh voted and made the Russian official lang- uh, Russian and official language in Artsakh. And 
Well, we saw the fate of that government. I'm sorry to be political, but this is so absurd. Yeah, no, no, I I know what you're saying. I mean, the whole thing is absurd. And according to the president of the state Duma, citizens of Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Kyrgyzstan can use their driver's licenses issued by their countries on the territory of Russia, but now Armenians cannot because we did not grant official status to the Russian language. language. Well... On October 22, the Russian ambassador in Armenia, Sergei Kopirkin, was summoned to the foreign ministry of Armenia in connection with the program broadcast on the uh, all-Russian federal TV channel. This is the first channel during which insulting expressions and remarks were made against high-ranking officials of Armenia. This is to say the least, which is like yeah, I tried watching it. that program. No, 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 I, I didn't watch it. I okay. promised to watch it, <laughs> and I wanted to watch it. I could not I jumped ahead every once in a while, every two seconds. There was something that was so infuriating, and I decided that I was not going to punish myself by watching this, even though my job and <laughs> kind of like <laughs> requires that I do, but I could not go well, to okay, the Okay, but for our listeners, it, it, these Russian channels are available on on Armenian TV, here in, yes. Ar- in Armenian TV. So they're online also, kind of like even if they weren't available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and and uh, b- because I, I don't understand Russian, and I, on Facebook I was seeing these discussions and people were just furious, and I couldn't understand what the connection was until I came to the office and you guys told me that they were just being. It was egregious. It's, 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 first of all, it's called puppet. And it was about Pashinyan mainly and mm-hmm. about the puppet government in Armenia and about like every uh, the Armenian government being source funded. Oh my lord, uh, here we go. And <laughs> it was like Maria in any uh, any um journalistic standard, mm-hmm. any criteria, nothing was like kept. It was just like lie after lie and manipulation after manipulation. And they jump from uh, Pashinyan saying Artsakh is Armenia to uh, Pashinyan directly just handing Artsakh over, wow. which is basically kind of like why it was uh, it was unbelievably fictitious and manipulative piece of, I don't know, TV. Yeah. yeah and this yeah. was on Russian TV. Well, uh, according to the Armenian Foreign Affairs Ministry, the ambassador was handed a corresponding complaint statement. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, on October 25, Armenia's uh, charge d'affaires was summoned to the Russian Foreign Ministry. The spokesperson of the Ministry of the Russian Foreign Ministry, Maria Zakharova, said that he was pointed to the, quote, odious publications against the Russian Federation in the Armenian mass media. But, so but they're doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> like their, their ambassador was summoned, and now they're summoning uh, Armenia's representative in Russia and complaining about Armenia's media's uh, response to or Russia, r- basically. Right, right. Zakharova added that this was aimed at the leadership of Russia, Russian diplomats and peacekeepers who risk and sacrifice their lives for the sake of the security of the Armenian people. Well, we saw what that sacrifice led to, which was the total ethnic cleansing of the entire indigenous population of Nagorno-Karabakh. Anyway, Zakharova emphasized that the unacceptability of the un- sorry of the unbridled anti-Russian campaign in the information space of the republic, including public television, government-controlled media, and telegram channels, was pointed out to the Armenian diplomat. 
It's bad enough that Russian, we didn't give the Russian language state status in Armenia. Well, yesterday, Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Alexei Uverchuk said that a Russian company has started the implementation of the Resht Astara railway project in Iran, a part of the North-South corridor that will connect Iran, Azerbaijan, and Russia. Uverchuk commenting on the possibility of Armenia joining the project by building a road through the territory of Mehri, said that this issue is not considered now due to the lack of a clear position on the part of Armenia. He said Armenia is not part of the North-South Corridor. They have not yet formed a final position regarding the planned road through Mehri. Well, Azerbaijan and Iran have uh, practically already started the construction of the highway, which will pass along the southern bank of the Araks River, bypassing Armenia, and also a memorandum was signed to build a railway through the territory of Iran. And continuing in the vein of the absurd, on October 25, the Ministry of Defense of Russia reported in its daily bulletin that the Russian peacekeeping troops continue to carry out tasks in the Gharapakh territory. Continuous cooperation is maintained with Baku, aimed at preventing bloodshed, ensuring the safety of the civilian population, and observing the norms of international law in relation to the population. I think we need to send a note to the Ministry of Defense of Russia to say that not a single Armenian is left in Gharapakh at the moment. So what are they? Tr- who are, who are they? Pr- Maybe those Protecting. eight people that we or, suspect Or the are stray in dogs Armenia. and cats that have been left behind. Well, the Russian peacekeepers also did not record a ceasefire violation, mm-hmm. that's the good news. In order to ensure the safety of traffic along the roads, uh, six checkpoints have been deployed, including two in cooperation with the Azerbaijani side. Uh, with the participation of the Russians, the works on the restoration of electricity and gas supply to the settlements of Gharabakh continue. The bulletin also stated uh, that since September 19, 24 observation posts of Russian peacekeepers have been closed in Askera, Martagert, Martuni, and Shushi regions, including 16 temporary ones. And also kind of like, let's also go back to the vocabulary. They do not say Shushi, they say Shusha. They do not say Gharabagh, they say like the Gharabagh economic region of Azerbaijan. And now they're also using Khangendi instead of Stepanagert. Well, let's return. Well, we're very happy that non-existent population in Artsakh is safe. Right. On October 26, deputy mayors were appointed and leaders of factions were elected during the Yerevan Council session. Former Minister of Emergency Situations, member of the ruling Civil Contract Party, Armen Pambukjian was appointed the first deputy mayor of Yerevan, former acting mayor Levon Hovanisian, the second deputy mayor. Suren Grigorian was reappointed as deputy mayor as well. Grigorian was the former... Deputy Minister of Justice from the Republic faction, Sarkis Madatyan, was appointed as deputy mayor. Well, also the leaders of the factions were also elected and the National Progress called on public voice not to participate in the voting for the appointment of deputy mayors and left the hall. Haik Marutian was not present at the session. The opposition Mother Armenia faction did not participate in the session. It's kind of like a mini parliament right yeah. now <laughs> in City Hall. However, Marutian has said that he will he will keep his mandate and be uh, part of the municipality. On October 23, uh, Iran's Minister of Roads and Urban Development, Mehrdad Barzpash, announced that Armenia and Iran have agreed to build a new bridge over the Araks River. According to the Iranian official, the existing bridge is old, its capacity is um, quite low, an Armenian-Iranian working group will be created for the construction of a new one. 
Today, the foreign ministry spokesperson of Armenia, Ani Badalian, tweeted that the Minister of Foreign Affairs of uh, Trade of Hungary uh, is in Armenia and met uh, his Armenian counterpart. The meeting was followed by an enlarged meeting and a joint press conference. During that press conference, you know, the sides set the usual, you know, deepening relations, emphasizing the importance uh, of the establishment of these relations between the countries through special groups, um, because as we know, Armenia and Hungary have not had good relations since the Ramil Safarov case. And I think we've talked about this in past podcasts, but let's remind our viewers that uh, during a NATO Partnership for Peace training, uh, Ramil Safarov, uh, Azerbaijani, uh, killed Kurgan Magarian while he was sleeping uh, and almost decapitated him with an axe. And he was obviously caught, charged, tried, uh, sentenced to life in prison in Hungary. But um, after some, you know, interesting dealings, he was extradited to Azerbaijan to continue the length of his term in prison. But of course, uh, that never came to be. He was granted a hero status, given a house, became a national hero. People started naming their children after him. Uh, and now Armenia and Hungary are trying to... Well, Armenia uh, severed diplomatic relations with Hungary as a result of this. Mm -hmm. But now the Hungarian foreign minister announced that this country wishes to open a consulate in Armenia and will also call on Wizz Air to launch flights from Yerevan to Budapest to ensure direct connection between Armenia and Hungary. However, these relations are not really picking up fast, even though well, There's with air diplomacy is interesting <laughs> because Hungary was the country that vetoed the, the resolu- resolution right. mm-hmm. uh, after the s- September attack of Azerbaijan on uh, Artsakh. Artsakh. Well, that's the kind of week we've had, and Rubina and I were quite vocal today in our opinions, and we try not to be, but sometimes I think they're warranted. So have a safe and peaceful weekend. We'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.